Welcome to Ops Fitness Podcast with your host, Scott Bisbee. Hello everyone, this is Scott Bisbee. I have an awesome uh, guest uh, uh, with me this week, uh, Jay. Uh, he's a police officer in the United States. Jay, how are you? How's it going, man? Not too bad. Can you tell everyone whereabouts you're located in the United States? Um, I'm located in um, in uh, New York, uh, Westchester County. I work in the city of White Plains. White Plains, right on in New York. Uh, how's the weather though tonight? Uh, it's um, pretty cold. Um, it's probably about 28 degrees Fahrenheit here. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I used to live in uh, Ontario, Toronto, actually. So uh, the weather patterns are very similar to New York. Cause it's really close. Oh, okay. Yeah. So uh, tell me a little a bit about yourself, Jay. How long have you been a police officer for? I've been a police officer since um, 2005. Okay. Um, I, I start. I started with the NYPD and then I, uh, I transferred to the department I'm currently with in 2007. Nice. Um, how did you, uh, uh, become a police officer? What made uh, you- well, I, I come from, um, a, a line of, uh, my whole family have, are all police officers, um, or have done some form of law enforcement. So, um, my dad was a correction officer. My uncle was a NYPD police officer. So, I guess it was a rite of passage. Wow! So, you know, so it's the family business, so to speak. That's uh, that's really awesome. Uh, I've actually been uh, interviewing uh, a few uh, first responders now, and uh, it's pretty uh, incredible how uh, a few of them are exactly like you, uh, family business. That's really cool. Oh yeah, yeah. So. Uh, uh, your story is uh, pretty inspiring. I've been uh, following you on uh, Instagram for a while now. I, I love your exercise videos. They're pretty uh, top-notch. I uh, appreciate that. Yeah. Um, can you uh, tell the listeners um, how um, like you were a bit uh, out of uh, shape before you kind of uh, uh, hit the fitness bug? Um, and... Um, what made you uh, decide to uh, get in shape? Um, I was very athletic um, when I was uh, when I was a kid. So I played sports all throughout junior high school and high school. I played at a pretty high level in high school, and then um, um, played some uh, college level, and um, ended up getting to a situation where I couldn't, I wasn't able to play uh, sports anymore at the collegiate level. So, um, kind of fell into a little bit of a depression and I gained weight. And, um, I just looked at myself in the mirror one day and I just wasn't happy with the person I was looking at. So I decided to, um, get more involved in taking care of myself, uh, physically. So I started paying more attention to, you know, what I was putting into my body and I began to exercise more. And, um, the more that I began to exercise and the more that I, started to pay attention to what I was putting into my body. I started to feel better. And then um, the ball just kind of started to roll there and then just snowballed into, you know, what we have now. That's uh, really awesome because uh, I'm sure you're quite the inspiration to your fellow police officers. So huge congrats on that. Now, uh, during that time, is that when you uh, found CrossFit? 
Yeah, I found CrossFit um, in the midst of all of that. Uh, my um, my cousin, who was also in law enforcement, was the one who introduced me to CrossFit. And um, that was around like 2010. And um, I instantly fell in love with it because, uh, you know, CrossFit is just it's fitness um, across several modalities of, of, uh, of athleticism. And um, if you have any kind of glaring or, or glaring weakness or gaping hole in your fitness, CrossFit will expose that and it will force you to, uh, to work on your weakness. So I think that was the big, that was like one of the big attractions for me yeah. that it, um, you know, whatever weakness that I had at the time, it, you know, it was quickly exposed. So, and yeah. I'm the type of person who, who loves to, you know, I love challenge and if there's a weakness, I want to try to make it, um, a strength. That's, uh, that's awesome. Um, I used to, um, not really like, uh, CrossFit cause I'm a, uh, personal trainer and there's a lot of, uh, people from my field that don't like CrossFit, but, um, I just, I realized a few years ago that every box is different. The, the box yeah. that was, uh, closest to me, it had, uh, horrible coaches cause, uh, the old clients would come see me. But uh, after watching a few uh, uh, people that I know from social media at their boxes, and I'm like, oh, wait a minute here. Uh, and it's the same in uh, personal training, too. There's a lot of shitty uh, personal trainers out there as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, programming is everything. Yeah. Um, I was fortunate enough to start in a, in a gym that was, um, you know, it was it had pretty old school roots, so um, you know I was able to get a, a decent, um, I guess, baseline when it comes to CrossFit. Um, CrossFit has evolved over the last like six or seven years, and um, I'm kind of happy that it's kind of went in that direction because initially when I first started, it was just you know the definition of CrossFit is constantly varied functional fitness. So like you'd come in one day and you know you'd end up running like a five k. The next day you do a five by five deadlift and then that'll be it. So kind of it went from that to having a more um, seasoned type of approach. Yeah. So um, most gyms that are somewhat competitive have like, um, you know, workouts that lead up into the CrossFit Open. So, you know, um, there's a strength phase, there's a there's an endurance phase, there's a barbell cycling phase, and then there's like, um, you know, open prep workouts. So when you know when you start to get more specified like that it just tends to be a little bit easier on the body and your body responds more and you know you get more benefit out of the workouts yeah for sure i actually remember when uh crossfit went uh to this uh different route that you're uh, talking about uh i was at a business conference a few years ago those uh CrossFit box owner, and uh, he was talking about uh, in New York actually, uh, and he mm-hmm. was uh, talking about how uh, there were uh, two uh, different think tanks uh, back then going head to head, and uh, whoever won out, it was going to take uh, CrossFit in the other direction, and uh, uh, yeah, it went down this road, and, and yeah, it's it's pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, from talking to you and trying to arrange this podcast and stuff, uh, you seem like a very grounded individual, and I highly respect that. You actually remind me of someone that used to work with, uh, 
Foamy uh, that is going on to do uh, huge things right now. He's actually uh, playing soccer for a professional uh, uh, team in uh, Vancouver. Uh, anyways, oh, okay. uh, yeah. So uh, uh, how has uh, your father and your grandfather instilled uh, uh, what's the word I'm trying to look for? Uh, you're down to earth. Um, uh, well, my, uh, my, um, I'm the son of, um, two immigrants. So, uh, my dad came to this country when he was about 14 years old from Honduras in Central America. Okay. So, um, he, he basically kind of laid down the groundwork to prepare me for my life. You know, he, he, um, he always told me that you, you know, hard work is the key to all success that nothing is ever going to be handed to you or given to you. So at a very young age, he told me that I had to be above average and to never settle for um, mediocrity. So um, that being the baseline, I mean, you can only go up from there. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, for sure. Those are uh, very wise words uh, that he told you. Actually, uh, this uh, kid uh, that was uh, talking to you about, uh, he came from Colombia, so yeah, uh, okay. that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, can you uh, talk about your uh, father a little bit? Uh, you said in the written portion that's going to go along with this uh, podcast that he served in the military. Uh, what was his uh, trade? Oh, was- um, my, uh, my dad was, uh, well, he retired at an E6, which is a, a staff sergeant. Oh. Um, he started in uh, the Marine Corps. He was in Vietnam um, when it ended. Oh, wow. um, mind you, you know he was a young man when he was there. So um, he did four years active in in the Marine Corps, and then he went Army Reserve. Awesome. Uh, he became staff sergeant in the Army, and um, I believe he was a machinist. Um, so you know he worked on um, he worked on, uh, on trucks and stuff like that in the military. Nice, and uh, he was also a correctional officer. For uh, 25 years in uh, Rikers Island? Yeah, yeah. He was correction uh-huh. officer on Rikers Island 25 years. Um, and he was like there when it was, you know, pretty bad. Uh, wow. He got hired in the 90s. So, um, you know, Rikers Island was, was uh, a, a, very, a very rough place during the early 90s. And, um, uh, you know, he was there during, during the duration of that tough time. So. Yeah, um even uh, I uh, remember hearing about Rikers Island, and I live all the way up in Canada. Uh, how was yeah. <laughs> how was that uh, growing up? Uh, I mean, um, my dad would come home with uh, all types of stories from the jails and stuff. So, um, I think that made him realize that he didn't want his kids to grow up to be, you know, um, you know, I guess examples. You know, yeah, he was very big on, you know, having proper etiquette and carrying yourself in a specific light. You know, he always said that he didn't, he didn't want to raise his children to be prisoners. So, um, my dad was a very, uh, very strict man, but it was all for good reasons. Um, you know, my brother and I both grew up to be, you know, functional members of society, you know, both working in law enforcement, you know, so contributing to society. So, I mean, it definitely worked, you know, his upbringing. I'm very thankful for that. Oh, that's uh, that's really good. 
Um, my uh, closest uh, story to that is I hired a guy, um, and a few days later, he's like, I got to tell you something. I'm like, oh, no. It's like, yeah, um, I'm uh, going to jail for, uh, uh, he was uh, carrying uh, weapons. He was in his uh, friend's car. And I'm oh, thinking, wow. yeah, and I'm thinking in the back of my mind, okay, what do I do? Because this guy was actually recommended to me from uh, uh, the administrator at the personal training school, and uh, she can say uh, a bad thing about him. And I, I literally thought he changed his uh, life around, but as soon as uh, his, uh, he knew he was going back to jail, uh, it kind of went off the deep end and I had to let him go. But yeah, it was bad. Yeah, it's unfortunate, man. Why do you think fitness uh, should be important for the first responder? Uh, it's, you know what? It's, our job is unlike any other job because, you know, not to take anything away from people who sit at desks, but, um, you know, every day we come to work, it, it's something different. And then it, it always, you can go from a complete standstill to, you know, you know, racing to a call and your adrenaline levels going through the roof and your heart rate being elevated without actually doing anything physical. So, um, you know, adrenaline has huge effects on the body. You know, it does manipulate the heart rate. So um, it's always good to simulate, you know, uh, some kind of excited situation. So um, I'm a huge believer in always being ready, you know? So uh, preparation is everything. So, you know, with our type of job, you never know what you're going to run into. You know, you may stop a subject in a, in a staircase. And, you know, he may decide in his mind that he's not going back to jail that night, so he may want to put up a fight. So um, it, it's, it's safer for a police officer to be physically fit you know, for the community that, you know, they police, um, you know, you don't have to worry about, you know, me, for me, I just don't want to have to worry about the guy to the right of me or the guy to the left of me. I know that they're physically fit and they're able to handle themselves. And I know that I'm in a safe position and I know that I'm physically fit. So it just, for me, it just makes it a safer workplace. It just prepares us or any and everything that can be thrown our way. For sure. That's awesome answer. Uh, and yes, preparation is key. Um, so is there any uh, calls that you care to discuss where uh, you know your fitness has played a role in? Um, yeah, there's a, there's a few, man. Um, I had um, one time I responded to an assault and um, I guess apparently the guy had left the area and, um, you know, the victim or actually one of the witnesses was able to give a, a really good description of of the suspect. So, you know, I gave this, this the, um, the suspect description and um, we decided to do a canvas see if we can locate the subject. And uh, lo and behold, we go, you know, down the street around the corner and the guy's, you know, walking. And, uh, you know, his shirt was full of blood. He saw us. As soon as he seen us, you know, he took off running. So I had to get out and run and chase this man. And um, I don't think he was 
prepared or even thought I was as fast as I was. <laughs> I so, bet. Um, yeah, he started running, and I, you know, I, I was pretty much on his heels the whole time, and then he tried to jump a wall, and before he got a chance to, to jump, I was able to tackle him to the ground and, um, and you know, arrest the subject. So, I mean, that's one instance. And um, I remember when I grabbed him, the guy was like, geez, man, I didn't know you were that fast. And he asked me, well, you know, what sport did I play? Um, <laughs> you know, I, you, know you, can, yeah, you know, I, I, you know, I laugh myself, but it's good. that's a good feeling, you know, just to be able to, to um, do your job and do it effectively. And, oh, you know, yes. even, even the person that you're arresting knows that you're fit. And I think to me that, you know, I take great pride in, in just being, being that person, you know what I mean? Oh, for sure. There's uh, nothing better than that. That's amazing. So uh, what would you say to uh, the military member or the firefighter or the police officer that wants to get in shape, but they don't know where they begin and uh, say, like, uh, give myself, for example, uh they have a young family, so the time is limited. What would you uh, say to kind of help them? Um, you know, if you kind of got to make it part of your routine. But first things first is you got you to start somewhere, right? So I always say nutrition. Um, you have to monitor what you're putting in your body because a lot of the time I know life gets hectic and we don't have time to get to the gym and, you know, really sit in there for an hour and work out. So you know, whatever little time you have, you know, whether it's 30 minutes, just, just move and be active. I mean, I'm a, I'm a huge advocate for calisthenics. Um, and if you do calisthenics, you know, um, every minute on the minute that will raise your heart rate and it'll give you a good workout. So, you know, even if you have 15 minutes and, you know, I, I, if I can squeeze in, you know, every, you know, every minute on the minute for 10 minutes, I could do five pull-ups, 10 push-ups and 15 air squats, you know, that catches up to you. Oh, yeah. Gets their heart rate going and, you know, it, it taxes the body. So I don't need a lot of time. I just need to make sure I make time. So um, I would I would just tell the person that's looking to start up is get a good baseline, figure out what you want to do. But everything starts with what you put in your body. And then from there, you figure out, you know, what is your, you know, what does your week look like or what does your day typically look like? And just set aside 30 minutes, um, minimum hour max, just to move your body. And I think if you start there, you'll figure out a way to kind of incorporate that into your routine. I always tell people, the same way you wake up and brush your teeth, you know, go downstairs and, you know, get a cup of coffee. It should be the same way you work out. Um, you know, those those people who, who, um, who, who don't fit it in their schedule just aren't making the appropriate um, measures to fit in the workout, you know? Yeah, for sure. Uh, that's really great advice. I really love uh, every minute on the minute training. It's fantastic. Have you uh, tried that with the kettlebell? It really gets you hovered up too. Oh, oh, yeah. Sometimes I do that on my lunch break, man. Nice. I have like, uh, they give us like 35 minutes to eat. So sometimes I'll just, I'll have my meal already prepped. I'll eat and then, um, I'll just do like a quick little kettlebell circuit or, or something like that. And, um, just to get a little burn in, you know, especially if I don't get a chance to go to the gym early in the morning, um, I'll do it while I'm at work. So always kettlebells are great, great way to work out. 
Oh, for sure. And that's uh, really awesome. Um, in the last five years, what new belief, behavior, or habit has most improved your life? Um, I guess um, just being more organized has really improved my life. Um, I try to keep a specific routine. And I think, um, and, and in that routine, I always say just every day I, I must complete one task. And, um, I, you know, I, I always try to wake up in the morning and, and, you know, I write down, um, like five things to do. Right. Yeah. So I try to complete one of the five, you know, if you give yourself an objective every day, kind of, it kind of puts a fire underneath you to get you going. So um, I just make sure that I can, I try to complete a task, you know, daily. So that keeps me moving and that keeps me motivated and um, it's been a great help in my life. I uh, really love that suggestion. I got to try it myself because I have three kids under five, so my days are crazy. <laughs> oh, yeah, I can imagine, man. <laughs> yeah. So if you had uh, this, maybe a, a little uh, morbid question, but if you had two weeks left to live, what would you do? Oh, that's a good question. If I had two weeks left to live, um, I would, uh, I would just spend time with my family. Um, I'm a very big advocate for, um, you know, family life. You know, I have a, a great mother, a great father, um, and a brother. Nice. And, um, they have been the, the foundation of my life. And, um, they are the sole reason why I do what I do. My, you know, I wake up and move every day. Um, so I would, you know, I would make sure that I spend time with them. And then, um, I would, uh, there's, there's been a few kids that I've mentored along the years. Cause I've, I, you know, I've coached basketball, I've coached football and I would just try to get in contact with them and, and just to see how their life, you know, is going. Cause a lot of them now are in their uh, mid twenties. So they're, they're, they're adults. So I, I would just like to see what they've done with their lives because, um, some of them have reached out and said that I've, you know, moved and touched them in some shape, form, or fashion, um, and helped them become better human beings. So I would just like to see, you know, that, you know, the outcome of my impact on their lives. Um, but like first and foremost, I would definitely just spend time with my family. That's that's really great. If you could uh, have a gigantic billboard anywhere with anything on it, what would it say and why? Wow, that's a, that's a really good question. Thank you. Um, gigantic billboard. Um, um, uh, as a Chinese proverb, a uh, a teacher for a day can be a parent for life. Um, and basically, I would have that up there because you know I've learned that you know. Uh, people can have a very strong effect in your life. So for me, one of the, one of the big influences in my life was a high school teacher that I had. And, um, he was a, um, a sensei. So not only was he teacher, but, you know, a, a scholastic teacher, but he, you know, knew the martial arts and had a very, um, a very 
unique outlook on life. He had a uh, like almost like a samurai type of mindset. Um, was big on honor, big on on you know like the code of ethics between men. And um, I never expected this man to teach me what he taught me. And I still apply some of the things that he taught me in high school. Nice. So, you know, that saying like a teacher for a day could be a parent for life. I mean, this man taught me how to um, attack the day, so to speak, set goals, set tasks. And like, I still use that to this day. So I think I would put that on a billboard. Nice. That's, that's great. Um, what kind of martial arts were you in? Um, Oyama karate. So it's a Japanese form of karate. Okay. So he allowed me to train. Yeah. He allowed me to train with him. So I did that throughout high school. Um, okay. and, uh, it's kind of, it's very similar to like a keto, so to speak. Okay. And, uh, uh, yeah. yeah. So I, I did that throughout high school. So about, for about four years, I was into that. Nice. Uh, the reason why I ask is, uh, I was in a type of, uh, karate called, Wichi Ru, which is uh, kind of like a keto too. It's pretty cool. Okay. Yeah. So when you feel overwhelmed or unfocused, what do you do? Um, when I feel overwhelmed and unfocused, um, I just try to get spiritually intact, man. Um, I'm very big on, you know, I know people have, there's, there's several different religions that you can follow, right? And, whatever God you, you decide to believe in or were raised to believe in, whatever it may be. Um, you know, I think we all have some kind of spiritual realm that, that, that we um, turn to. So um, I would just say, just try to, you know, lock in on that because I know life, life can get very overwhelming and people get consumed with it. And, you know, you always have to understand that, you know, you'll never give in anything that you can't handle. Yeah. Um, I've learned that through the Bible, so that's what I turn to when when I feel like I'm overwhelmed. Nice, nice. And uh, I find in this day and age, uh, first thing that people should uh, get rid of is uh, the smartphone if they feel overwhelmed, because they're just gonna uh, get even worse from the with yeah. the social media and all that stuff. So uh, what advice would you give to a smart driven kid that wants to be a first responder? Oh, um, just know a course of action. You know, you got to start somewhere, right? So it's going to be a written test first. So you have to prep for the written test. So there's, there's plenty of books that you can go out and get to prep for that. Um, once you take that written test, you want to physically get ready, right? Yeah. So, you know, start concentrating on, you know, whatever physical requirements your particular job that you're uh, applying for requires. So for us, there's a, a thing called the Cooper test. Yeah. So it's um, it, it's it's basically done by age group okay. and you have to run a mile and a half. Right. And uh, I think I forgot what the percentile is, but do a mile and a half. You do push-ups and sit-ups within a minute, and uh, it all goes by age groups. There's a 20 to 29, 30 to 39, so on and so forth. So um, you figure out how to, um, you know, pass that test, and then once you get there, then you got to prep yourself for, for the academy. 
and that's pretty much, you know, book work and working out every day. So, um, just proper preparation, going through those three steps and just try to have, um, try to keep in mind why you want to do the job. I know for me, it was to help the community that, you know, I grew up in and, you know, just to be able to give back, you know, um, I remember looking up to police officers being a kid. I wanted to, you know, reverse the roles. You know, I want to be the guy that drove down the street and, you know, kids would wave at and, and know who I was on a first name basis and, and, uh, you know, grow up, I guess, looking up to. Awesome. And we all know those uh, rivalry between police officers and firefighters. Uh, yeah. <laughs> do you have uh, any uh, funny stories that you uh, played on the boys? <laughs> um, so I used to play for the NYPD uh, football team. Actually, I still currently do play for the NYPD football team. And uh, our biggest game every year is, um, you know, versus the uh, NYFD and that I played in a lot of football games and I think the most tenacious games I've played in have been against uh, FD. It's just, it's a, it's an age old thing. It'll never die. Um, you know, and it's all in good sport because, you know, we both respond to the similar calls and we work side yeah. by side, but um, at the end of the day, you know, one wants to be better than the other. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, and it, it actually brings out, the best I think in both sides. Yeah. You know, I just, I just remember playing in my first game in 2006 and, and, um, you know, they were just hitting hard and we were hitting them hard. And, you know, if you could throw in a cheap shot here or a cheap shot there, um, you know, you did it. But at the end of the game, we all, um, you know, bowed our heads and prayed and, you know, we just were thankful that we were able to do what we do and, you know, police and, and, you know, look over the city that, uh, that we so love. Yeah. Uh, um, this is the last portion of the podcast so this is called No Bull uh, rapid, fire mm -hmm. rapid Fire Questions so just uh, one or two word response are you ready? Okay. Yeah. All right. Sounds good man Best purchase in the $100 Best purchase in the $100 um, Nike Sweats Right on Favorite exercise? Pull-ups. Pull-ups. What's your favorite piece of exercise equipment? A barbell. Barbell, yeah. Top three favorite books? Art of War, Purpose Driven Life, The Iliad. Yes, The Iliad. Who is that by? Uh, Homer. But you know, okay. Gotta look that up. Uh, Olive of War is a classic. Yeah, now, man. Something. Yeah. Now, uh, two-pack or uh, run DMC? Run DMC. Right on. Right on. Favorite song could be by anyone. Ooh, that's a good one. Um, One more chance, Biggie Smalls. Nice, nice. And uh, any quotes you live by, it's probably the same as a billboard question, right? Or? Uh, yeah, man, I would have to go with the billboard, yeah. Okay, cool, cool. And uh, 
for anybody that's listening in that wants to contact you, how can they get a hold of you? Um, you can uh, email me at jay.lacayo at gmail. Okay, awesome. And uh, Jay, uh, that's uh, it for the podcast. Thanks, thanks a lot. It's been a blast. Oh, man, thank you for having me. I'm uh, truly appreciative. Uh, thank you. I, I feel honored, too. Um, is there any uh, parting remarks you would like to say? Um, no, just uh, thanks for having me. Um, I appreciate you taking out the time to uh, talk to me and ask me these questions. Um, if anybody wants to get in contact with me, once again, my email is uh, jay.lacayo at gmail. You can follow me on Instagram at therealjumpmanj. And um, that's about it. Great. Thanks, Jay. And I'll see everyone in a few weeks. Yeah.